Hey guys, on today's episode, we are chatting with Prue Raisbeck, micro-influencer and content creator. We talk about Instagram stats and algorithms and leaving your quote-unquote real job to pursue influencing full-time. Guys, please note that unfortunately, after we recorded this episode, Prue's Instagram was wrongly deleted at 5.1k followers. So let's do what we can to help. Jump on and give her a follow to support. Her handle is at yours.pruly. And of course, we'll be in our show notes. We hope you enjoy. Prue, welcome to the podcast. We feel so excited to have you on, especially for season two. I know I've been wanting to get a digital content creator on for ages. So thank you so much for joining us. Yay, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited. So I guess the first question we want to start with is what is your real job? My real job at the moment is being a content creator. So I've actually been unemployed since the start of isolation, technically. Um, And then I just bit the bullet and started setting myself up and actually taking jobs for content creation on Instagram. Was that a scary step for you? Yeah, it was. But um, the last job I was in was very, very intense for my mental health. Um, I was an emergency call taker for the police. So it was really, really, it took a big toll on me. I was there for three years. So um, you hear some stuff and it's not nice. And I definitely had to take make a big decision to take a step back and put myself first and I've always loved being creative so Instagram just happened naturally and I started getting lots of brands reaching out to me and wanting to work with me so I thought why not would you would you call yourself a digital content creator or a micro influencer I'm curious I feel like the word influencer is such a strange concept to me. Like I know technically I am influencing people to, you know, look at companies that I like and buy from companies that I like. Um, But I much prefer content creator because that's what I do. I, I go out and I create content and I come up with concepts and I do research and, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It isn't just taking pretty pictures. Yeah. Can you kind of divulge a little bit more than into the work? I mean, I guess we're skipping ahead a little bit, but can yeah. you go into that and talk a little bit more about what that actual work is? Because I feel like a lot of people do see these beautiful glamorized pictures on Instagram and think that that might be the extent of it and don't necessarily consider the work and effort that does go behind that. Can you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, so a brand will reach out to you you then have to make the decision whether you want to work with the brand or not. So, you know, you look at their website, you look at what vibe they have, you look at their Instagram and what sort of thing they're giving out into the world, decide whether that aligns with you. And then from there, you have to work out which product you want to advertise. You then have to do, you know, you have to look at the trends that are happening right now, what people are wanting to see, listening to your audience so going onto Pinterest and researching things and how you want to put yourself out there, then taking the time to actually, you know, get ready, go out there, have someone to take photos for you. Then after the photos are taken, you've got the whole editing process, the choosing process, which takes hours, then getting it out there. And then once it's up, it's also, you know, engaging with your audience. So replying to comments and making sure people actually see your content. So it's a lot of time and a lot of effort that goes into every single post. What do you think the hardest part of all of that is? Because I imagine that it would be quite overwhelming becoming, you know, a 
an influencer. I know you don't like to say that, but essentially yeah. that's, you know, you are influencing people and people are um, engaging with your work and what you're promoting. But what is the hardest part about the whole process? To be honest, I don't find much of it hard because I got into it because I love it. I have a, a background in fine arts and particularly in photography. So I actually get just a lot of enjoyment from it. I've always wanted to be in the fashion industry. So um, I, I can't say that any of it's hard. It is, it is, it can be disappointing when you don't get engagement that you want or you're not getting the recognition that you think you deserve. Um, that's probably the hardest part. It can be really heartbreaking when you're putting stuff out that you really love, but you're not getting what you thought you'd get from it. Um, but I just try to focus on the positives. And the thing is I get to do what I love and I get to, you know, make a small income from it. And it's been great growing over the last year. So um, not much is hard. <laughs> so you said the last year then, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I know with me going through your Instagram, kind of like in preparation for the interview, I've been following you for a little while and I'm pretty sure I found you just yeah, naturally on Instagram, which is the way I guess you'd want people to find you. But Definitely. in prep for this interview, you know, we did a bit of a stalk. And yeah. <laughs> there, in my opinion, like there is a really clear shift in content. So going down all the way down to your page, there's a photo that you posted on October 27th, back in 2018. There's a picture of you holding an Aperol spritz on a rooftop bar, looking very, yeah. you know, I know fancy. the one. And <laughs> I'm just very prepared, thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I'm actually also going into a career in the police. Not really. I'm just a very good detective, Instagram stalker. But based on that, on that photo, like it leads me to wonder if it was maybe around that time in your life that you decided to take Instagram a little bit more seriously. Can you? maybe speak to that and just let me know and let right. us know yeah 100% yeah I think I made the decision that I wanted to start putting things out there I think it was 2018 like the start of 2018 um so I I knew I liked it it was just building the confidence to do it um so I did start you know tagging the brands I was wearing and asking for photos when I was out so my part, partner started taking photos when I was out at bars or if I was in an outfit that I was feeling. Um, and I think that's where it really started growing from. When I say the last year, I think that's when I've really concentrated on trying to grow a following and get my name out there and work with brands. Um, but definitely it's been, it's been a very long process. <laughs> so it's been a while that I've been on the gram trying to make a living out of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess, it's all a natural growth kind of thing and you can't rush it. And I think a lot of people do think that Instagram can be, or just social media in general, especially now with TikTok becoming such a popular platform. It is one of those things. Um, this one, sorry. Um, it is one of those things that isn't necessarily considered a real job, which is the kind of point of our podcast. Like we love talking to people who do take their creative career seriously. And we're wondering, um, did you ever get any resistance from any loved ones or any people close to you that thought, oh, you know, this might not be the, the most secure career path? Oh, definitely. People like I've had massive moments where people I love dearly have sat me down and been like, when are you going to like call it quits? Like you've been at it for a while. Like I'm not, I'm not, my mum would say I'm no spring chicken. Like I'm 29. So <laughs> I'm not 
you know, a younger content creator. So I do have to think about my future, which is why I do also have to look for another job as well, because it is a really slow process trying to, you know, build this up to a career. Um, but other than that, like I've had nothing but support. Like my partner is my photographer. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, he takes all of my photos. So he the support I get from him is incredible. Like I can't picture any other partner that's just so happy to, you know, come home from their nine to five and be like, you want to do content? Like, do you want me to go look at, you know, location spot with you? Like I've got a really, really strong support system in that respect. That's amazing. Super yeah. important as well. It, it can be really tough when you love what you do when it might not be the norm for a job and when people kind of knock it down and you start um, questioning it yourself. So I think it's hundred percent to have people around you who support what you do and can see your future as you do. I think that's super important. It's nice that you have it too, because not a lot of creatives do. We, we struggle a lot. I think all of us, I think it's at yeah. some point we, um, we go through that stage where people around us are like are you sure this seems a bit strange just because it's not the norm oh 100 percent. and you do get like my friends will absolutely get a kick out of it like they call me yours pruly i'll rock up and <laughs> hey yours pruly <laughs> so, <laughs> it is like a really funny aspect and you know they'll all ask elijah my partner to take photos of them because they'll be like you're the profesh you know my angles because of crew so <laughs> oh, i honestly i've been so lucky with my friends and family just supporting me and what i'm doing and what i love to do i've always been a poser so i think they saw it coming anyway <laughs> Interrupting this episode to bring you today's small business shout out. Today we want to tell you about Thick Heart Films and Media. Thick Heart Films are Melbourne-based video creators who use their visual creativity and project managing skills to help businesses and entrepreneurs capture their brand message and mission. Follow them at thickheart underscore films on Instagram and book a session in soon. Back to the episode. Can we ask, how do you make an income from fashion influencing and do you think you could make a living from it here on out? Um, I'm definitely in the very, very early stages. So I've only been paid for posts and not all my posts. A lot of my posts are still just gifted, um, but a lot of them are paid. And I, that started in about December last year where I did decide that I want to try and make this my career and I need to start taking myself more seriously. Um, because uh, like we were talking about before, like a lot of time and effort goes into the content that I do produce. So um, it is important that I do get paid. Uh, the brands that I do accept gifted collaborations with are brands that I've been working with since, you know, back in 2018, 2019. So they're brands that I have been supporting me for a really long time. Um, but brands that I get paid from, I, I am really, really thorough in looking into the brand and do their you know, does them as a brand align with me and who I want to work with? And do I want to, you know, put this out into my audience? And I think for me, it's a big thing that my audience trusts me in what I'm promoting. Mm. I love following you. I really do. I find that, especially recently since you've started, well, not especially, but recently now that you've started posting like um, the sizing of all your clothes too, I think it's yeah. so freaking cool because I'm the same size as you. I'm like a 10 to a 12. Um, yeah. And I think now that, um a lot more people are kind of doing what you're doing in the sense of you know we're not really editing photos too much anymore we're using less filters it's kind of like more real what you're seeing on instagram 
um, following somebody like you and seeing you post the sizing of your clothes kind of acts as like the lazy girl's shopping guide, if you will, because I can see what an <laughs> That's outfit. What I want. Yeah, well, I can see what an outfit looks like on you and be like, oh, shit, yeah, that would look cool on me too, I think, because, you know, we kind of look the same in that sense. So yeah. that is where I think you're going to break through. Like that's your massive point of difference, I think. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's so freaking cool and refreshing. Um, I do know, again, based on my stalker research, <laughs> and just being a fan of your content in general, I know that you uh, did recently sign with an agency. So um, can you maybe chat to us about that a little bit and how you approach them? Can we, can we say the name of the management company? Um, I believe so. Like they represent me. Like yeah. I am with Leon Modeling Agency and yeah. I am so excited to be with them. Like they're such a well-renowned company. They're actually the first modeling agency that started taking influences. Wow. So I'm really stoked. They actually approached me as a model rather than an influencer, which to me was like laughable. Because, oh, you know, I'm five foot five, you know, I'm a size 12 girl. I've got big boobies and I've got lots of butts. <laughs> you know, it was just bizarre to like such a weird concept for me. Um, but so flattering and it's been great so far. I actually haven't had a job through them yet. But um, just having that representation and having someone reach out to me, I think it really, um, it gave me confidence in what I'm doing and, you know, wh- why I got into this as well, because as you were saying, like, I am a size 12 girl. I am the norm, if not smaller than the norm. And not having our bodies represented on social media and in the fashion field is just bizarre to me because mm. how we meant to you know, know what things look like on us and feel like we're part of it all. So that was a really, really important thing for me. So being scientific. If people like you and I and our body types are, um, you know, kind of part of the majority of consumers, you would think that that would be represented more. 100%. And that's, that was my main goal when I started taking photos because I was like, I'm so sick of not seeing my body represented because I I like to call myself an in-betweeny. Cause you know, you're not the, mm. you're not the, the size six model, you know, six foot and you're not the plus size, you're the in-between mm. and this with the lack of representation is so frustrating to me because I just want to see how things would look on me because that's mm. what will make me buy things. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. It, it just, yeah. That's, that's what I, that was my goal setting out into Instagram. I just want more representation for, you know, a range of different body types. Do you think that um, that happened or that kind of clicked in you before you started or as you started? In like my goal to represent bodies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's always been a thing for me. I have, um, I've yo-yoed forever, you know. I think every young girl struggles with, uh, you know, disordered eating and how they view themselves. I think there's a lot of body dysmorphia in our society as well where you, you're not, looking like someone else so you don't know how to feel about yourself and how to dress yourself and I think it's so so important that there is that representation so I I definitely always set out set out with that goal and you know as you have been following me for years you'd see that you know I've gone from a size 8 to a size 14 back to a 12 like I yo-yo hugely in my weight so I do think it's it's important to normalize that because 
I don't know, we are who we are. And if your body, body plateaus at a bigger size, there's nothing wrong with it. And you should know how to, you know, make yourself feel good and dress good. And there should be that sort of positivity in social media and the fashion field. I'm interested to know if you have any like tips or tricks for any listeners wanting to pursue a career in digital content or even those who might want to know how to increase their engagement because ideally we want this podcast to reach people who are looking for some education really and all the people that we want to get on. We want our listeners to take something from them ideally and apply that to their own creative careers. So maybe it would be nice if you could share, yeah, any kind of lessons that you might have learned along the way that you would pass on to young digital content creators or people who are interested in just digital content in general. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the biggest key factor is be true to yourself. Be you and show the audience who you are because they don't want to see you copying someone else because they've already got that other person. So I think that was a huge lesson that I had to learn was just to, you know, purely post things that I like when I want, you know, represent myself how I want to be seen. And I think my friends are constantly like, you know, talk more on your stories. We want to see what you do in your day-to-day life. We want to just see you chatting to us. And I think that's, that's the biggest aspect for growth because there is no other you and no one else can do you and people want to follow you because of who you are (laughs) so I think that's hugely important um but other growth aspects like engage with other creatives that's a huge huge point and make sure you're you know replying to people when they message you and when they comment on your posts make sure you're reaching out to brands as well if you're starting off like the worst that can happen is that they say no so there's nothing wrong with outreaching, putting yourself out there, just jumping in the deep end. I guess you really, really have to think about it as like a small business. Like you are your brand, you are your product, and you need to think and come at it with a real business-minded kind of approach, which is you're selling something. And if you're selling who you are, you need a point of contention. You need some ideas around marketing. You need a point of difference. Do you have any experience in marketing or are you just like, I know what my brand is, I know what I like and I'm just going to give the people who I am because that's what it comes across as. That is what it is. (laughs) There is no marketing background here. It's funny that you say that because I've actually been accepted into a course this year, so I am going to start doing social media marketing this year. Oh, you'll know Um, Just because I enjoy it so much. I just love it. But um, my personal brand is just purely me. Like you don't get anything but me on my page. I I don't like to be fake. And I think that does come across. Like I get a lot of people messaging me saying, you know, they like to follow me because I do keep it real and I am just a hundred percent myself. And I think that's, that's so important from, you know, the me marketing perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And your content is really cool. Like it's just generally cool stuff. Like I feel like you, you do have a really great understanding of who you are and it really reflects what are your career highlights so far? Like, are there any things that any anything that's kind of like stood out as being a really big pivotal moment to you? Oh, there's some massive ones. Like, being signed to Neon was insane. Like, such a huge turning point for me. It just gave me so much confidence. 
Um, but then some of the brands I've worked with, like I, I've been working with Calvin Klein this year. And for me, that was just like, what? <laughs> you know, that's a brand I've been, I've loved since I was a teenager. So that was a huge, huge point for me. So that they want to do an ongoing gifted collaboration with me this year, which is super exciting. Um, just makes me feel like I've got the ball rolling a little bit. Um, but I can't even, like so many brands, so many brands. Every brand I get to work with is insane. Um, back in 2019 is when I first started working with Glassons, which was wild for me. And they've been such a huge support and have, you know, they've exposed me to so much in the industry as well. Like they've got my name out there. They're always reposting and resharing what I do. So they've been, they've been huge as well. So there's, there's lots of big names that I work with that I, I'm just so lucky. I was working at Glassons for a little bit last year. I worked there for a month, just kind of yeah. like just before the Christmas period. And I was sat in the back room on a break one day um, and it's exactly what you'd imagine. Like it's basically a massive wardrobe full of all the, you know, ex excess stock that needs to go out yeah. of the floor. And I was scrolling on my phone and I was out the back there with one of the visual merchandisers and all the girls are stunning and they dress in <laughs> yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, and you popped up on the Glassons page. Like ah. it was you. <laughs> on the Glassons Instagram page and I was sat at the back of the Glassons and I was like, I know this girl. It was so cool. It was a real, like, it felt like, you know, I don't know you personally, you know, well, but it felt like a full circle like moment. Did. Yeah, it was cool. It was like, oh, this is really cool. Like this girl's killing it. Like I'm in a store that she's representing right now. It was just really cool. That's and I, so I remember nice. showing one of the girls. I was like, oh, I know this girl and she's on the page. And they're like, oh, that's, that's really crazy. cool. It was really nice. Um, what about any struggles? Like, do you find that you have any struggles with social media? I know a lot of people do, but it sounds like you really genuinely just love it. I, I really do. <laughs> like the fact is like, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. Yeah. I, I live my life that way. Like, you know, I don't like to have toxic people in my life. So I cut them out. I, if I don't like a job, I quit it. Like I don't, you know, it sounds really corny, but you do only live once. And I don't want to spend any of my life, you know, doing things that I don't want or that don't inspire me or I just think it's pointless. So I'm only going to engage in things that I actually feel, you know, make me happy. Yeah. So this really makes me happy. Negativity, like you get, you know, stupid comments from males. That's probably the worst thing that you get. <laughs> you know, you get, you know, you're too fat to be wearing that or something like that and you just delete it, like yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Some people have too much time, hey. Exactly. <laughs> so what's next for you, Prue? What, what are your upcoming goals short term and what do you want to do for your social media and do you have any brands that you're really, like, looking to connect with? Um, I don't know. I just really roll with the punches with it, honestly. Um, it is something I just really adore doing. So next I'm just going to keep being me and putting out bits out there that I like and, you know, engaging with audiences. I do want to grow. Like that would be fantastic if I could get my name out there a bit oh, more. Congratulations on just hitting 5,000 followers, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was actually... I was nearly at 9,000 followers two years ago. No, one year ago, start of last year. Yeah. Um, but I went through and because my, my engagement was shocking. So I went through and just deleted anyone that wasn't engaging with my content or, you know, bots and those creepy mails that you do get, unfortunately. 
And I just wiped them clean down to about, I think it was just under 4,000 followers. So to get back up to 5,000 is actually really, really exciting oh, for me. that's interesting. Yeah. Can you actually, fun. yeah, discuss that? Because I feel like a lot of people would be interested to, because if you're a young influencer or a young person who wants to become an influencer, I feel like the idea of deleting followers could like ensue a heart attack, you know? So yeah. can you talk to us about why that actually makes a difference? Yeah, it, well, it, it does feel weird um, when people follow you and you look at their account, you're like, actually, no, you're, you're going to hinder my engagement. So it is really important that you do have people following you that actually want to follow you. So all those, those groups are actually really harmful, the ones where it's like follow for follow and things like that. Because, oh, like engagement pods and things. Yeah, like engagement pods and things like that because they're not actually interested in what you're posting. So the thing I have learned is you do only want followers who actually want to see your content because they're the ones who are going to engage. So the engagement's really important, especially if you are wanting to work with brands because that is what they look at. They look at, you know, how many people are commenting and liking your posts and sharing your posts, which is why you always see influencers, you know, sharing that on their stories, mm. saying how important that love is for them because it, that's what helps you grow and that's what brands are looking at. So having these sort of dead weight followers is going to harm your engagement and your growth. So mm. I definitely recommend deleting any bots or anyone you think isn't going to, you know, help your process. It's a really interesting um, piece of information, yeah, because I think something that people don't know about Instagram, which I feel like is not really spoken about much, is, yeah, your followers and even your engagement really doesn't matter that much it's all about your impressions it's all about say we put a, a billboard out on chapel street right now one of the the things that we're going to consider in a marketing and business aspect is how many cars drive past that billboard each day that's your yeah. audience and that's the same thing as instagram it's how many people are actually putting eyes on your content each day and instagram tracks that so that's what it's all about so for anyone that kind of is listening right now and wants to know a little bit more about boosting that engagement and that community, just keep a focus on your impressions. And like Prue said earlier, going and actually communicating with people and talking to them and building those relationships and creating that natural kind of want for people to, yeah. to consume what you're putting out there, because that's, that's what it's all about if you want to grow on social media. So thanks for sharing that. It's really interesting information. Oh, pleasure. Yeah. Well, Prue, I've absolutely loved this conversation. Is there anything you want to touch on, Steffi? No, it was just really nice listening to how positive you um, talk about social media because I think there's a lot of negatives mm. that people feel about it, um, especially, you know, having that many people look at your stuff. You haven't really touched on anything negative. It's all been super positive and you do really seem like you love it. So it's quite refreshing to hear such a positive outlook on social media. It's just been really nice to chat and listen. Thank you. Yeah, I think social media is always going to be a space that you get to make your own. So if you want it to be a positive space, get rid of anything that makes you feel bad. Get rid of, you know, the influences that are making you look at yourself in a certain way. Just make it your space that's the thing about social media that's why I love it because you can make it exactly what you want it to be and it can be tailored to you and your needs and your wants and so yeah that's that's what I want to get out there it is a positive space if you use it in a positive way so 
use it how you want it make it yours (laughs) I feel much the same so yeah it's really nice to hear that sentiment um very true we hear a lot of negativity like we speak we speak to a lot of really beautiful creative people and we always come to touching on you know like I think we always end up talking about social media and how it can have a negative impact. So it is, you're very right in saying it's refreshing to hear a positive outlook. So that's beautiful. Thank you, Prue. Thank you, Prue. Thanks for having me. I've had such a fun time. It's nice, actually. Sorry I ramble so much. I I don't know when to stop talking sometimes. (laughs) We're a podcast. What else would we do? Yeah, (laughs) that's what i got to do, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for everybody listening, make sure you get on and follow Prue at Yours truly will leave all of her social media information in our show notes, of course, and you'll be able to find her on our Instagram too. You will not regret following Prue. She's got awesome ideas for fashion and outfit content. Um, what else do you post? You post about skincare a lot. You got, skincare, you got on yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Thanks, I'm loving I, this. I'm loving yeah. my little ad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, sometimes I look at your, your post, I'm like, oh, I have a top that kind of looks like that. I wonder if I could make an outfit like this. So influencing the people, (laughs) influencer. I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Prue, for joining us. This is What's Your Real Job. we back next week with another incredible guest. Bye, everyone. Bye. As usual, guys, at the end of each episode, we're going to throw it over to you to tell us what you think about this week's topic. This week, we've got Manon from Melbourne telling us what she thinks about fashion influencing. Over to Manon. I know there's more to being an influencer than taking pretty photos and being on Instagram all the time. I think it needs to be taken more seriously as an actual job that requires time and effort. We couldn't agree more, Manon. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you to you for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week with a brand new guest. Stay safe. Bye.